So what did the forensic investigation conclude had happened to make the bridge fall? Well, I-bar 330 was defective because it had particularly high levels of residual stress left after its manufacture. The design of the I-bar assembly meant that water could pool at the bottom of the eye hole, and the combination of the tensile residual stress and a corrosive environment had caused a stress corrosion crack to form. Hidden away, the crack had grown slowly over 39 years until it was about 3 millimetres long. Also, the steel used in the I-bars had a low toughness at the near-freezing temperatures on the night of the disaster, making it susceptible to brittle fracture. Under a combination of the high live loading on the bridge and the reduced toughness of the steel, the relatively small crack caused a brittle fracture of the I-bar. At the point of failure, a brittle crack grew almost instantaneously down to the outer edge. This overloaded the upper side, which separated with some signs of ductility. The resulting asymmetric load on the pin caused it to twist, and the single I-bar that was left vibrated off the other side of the pin, at which point the chain was completely severed. The adjacent tower, being destabilised, started toppling and fell to the north, the road below twisted over and the other tower was pulled down into the river as well. What we thought about after the event was how it was inspected and if it was and you found something, then what do you do to replace it? How do you, how do you get in here and replace one of these eye bars or one of the joints that, if, if something is corrosion or you saw it found failure and how do you go about replacing that? But I guess that the, the people at the time had so much confidence in the process of this new high-strength steel that there wasn't a fear. And I'm sure they built in factors, but uh, you know, we found out later that it wasn't as purported to be.